your support. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is January 24th, 2017. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. My co-host is Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired. Good morning, sir. Gary, good morning. As always, it's great to be with you. All right. Thank you. Bill, we had a great show last week, and and, uh, they really help our veterans understand their benefits and especially how to get them. Our guest was actually L. Talese, President and CEO of Networking Warriors of America. Their mission, helping wounded warriors and veterans get the help and benefits they deserve, preparing the wounded warriors for the transition into civilian life and bridging the gap of the who, what, and where and how to get what our warriors deserve. If you happen to miss that live show, you can listen to the archive show on the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Now, we have a great show for you today, but before we get started, Bill has, as always, a great news article. How would you like to be the oldest living World War II vet at 110 years old and possibly lose your home? Bill, what's going on? Uh, Gary, longevity is great, and it's something we are all looking for and expecting to experience. But in this case, uh, Richard Overton, 110 years of age, who uh, the VA recognizes as the oldest living World War II veteran. Uh, You know, uh, 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 Richard has been recognized by former Governor Rick Perry in Texas, and he also uh, received an invitation uh, to the White House uh, at the time that uh, President Obama was, uh, was president. Great individual, but here's the issue that Richard is facing today. Uh, you know, the house that this guy built back in 1945 when he returned from World War II and he's lived in that house continuously. Uh, he's outlived all of his uh, uh, immediate relatives. He needs a a, a, a caregiver to uh, to stay with him and, and and help him. And the money is getting short uh, for him to be able to do this. And Gary, if he doesn't get help real soon, uh, Mister Overton may end up being homeless. Can you imagine that uh, no. you are part of the greatest uh, uh, generation in service to our country in World War II, uh, lived to 110 years of age, built your house,
house, and you may end up being homeless. That's unreal. That's outrageous. That's what it is. <laughs> our guest, any one of our guests, are you aware of that story? No, I I never heard of that story, but I agree. It's uh, you know it's unacceptable. Period. Yes, definitely. Well, and right. and we uh, I haven't heard of that story either. But you know that is part of the the savagery of uh, of becoming homeless, and it's our job to prevent that. Uh, meet these folks at the nexus point. Uh, to prevent homelessness. Oh, yes, definitely. Well, Bill, we have two outstanding guests with us today from the Veterans Village of San Diego, uh, and you have the pleasure of introducing them. Well, Gary, I echo that. We do have two outstanding individuals. First, I'd like to introduce to you Jack Lyon, who was the founder of Veterans Village of San Diego. Jack graduated from the University of Arizona and joined the United States Marine Corps in 1963. Jack served two tours in Vietnam as an infantry officer with the 3rd Battalion, 3rd Marines, and 2nd Battalion, 1st Marines. Jack was wounded and became a Purple Heart recipient. He also received the Silver Star, the Navy Commendation with a Combat V device, and also the Vietnamese Cross of Gallantry. Leaving the Marine Corps in 1967, Jack became a, a business, uh, began a business career in which he founded and sold three small businesses. In 1981, Jack founded the Veterans, the Vietnam Veterans of San Diego, which is known as Veterans Village of San Diego and led combat stress groups for the past 34 years. Jack works with the U.S. Marine Corps Wounded Warrior Detachment at Balboa Hospital, where he works with wounded Marines. Uh, Jack and his wife, Barbara, teaches, uh, uh, Barbara in particular, uh, teaches yoga to the warriors and work with wives of the wounded. Jack has received many awards and being named Humanitarian of the Year in San Diego in 2014 and having the 20th uh, of November named Jack Lyon Day. Also, our second guest is Phil Landis. Phil is the president and CEO of the organization. Phil enlisted in the United States Army in 1965. After attending various military schools, Phil served in Vietnam from 1967 through 1967, 68 rather, as a platoon leader and headquarters company commander with the 1st Battalion, 35th Infantry. Uh, Phil was honorably discharged from active duty in 1969 the rank of captain. He became a board member of Veterans Village of San Diego in 1996, vice chairman in 1997, chairman in 2001, and chief executive officer in 2007. Phil currently serves on the national 12-member U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs Advisory Committee on Homeless Veterans. Gentlemen, Jack and Phil, welcome to 
to the American Heroes Network. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. All right. Well, Jack, why don't you tell us how you and Phil met and what was the deciding factor that led you both to the development of the Veterans Village of San Diego? Sure. Uh, When I came back from the war, uh, you know, I I just had no idea what was going on, to be quite honest with you. uh, My whole point of reference had been turned upside down, so to speak. And uh, what was, uh, what I left behind when I went overseas, and you know, it was still here, the pizza parlors, the friends, and so forth and so on, but, uh, you know, I had changed. My, my contention is when you go into combat, you cross a river, and you get wet when you cross that river. And right. then the operative word, uh, operative uh, challenge is how skillfully and quickly can you dry out and get back into being productive in, in our community and our society. Well, for me, that took about 12 years. And I went upside down for a while. Um, you know, I, I didn't understand what had happened in a way. And we can talk about that at great length if you want. Uh, but uh, finally, in uh, 1979, um, I got the help that I needed. I got uh, clean and sober. And... Um, I was looking around for something to do. The whole time, I'm a very highly functional sort of person, so I was running businesses and things like that. So that was not an issue. And I was flying back from New York where I'd done some speaking back to San Diego, and I saw this article in Life magazine, Where Are They Now? The pictures from the veterans, uh, you know, the classic Vietnam, the tank and way the hillside in case on those great photos and they bought you up to date where those kids were 10 years later. And uh, at the very end of that article, it was all photos, but at the end of the article was a little paragraph saying that the VA was going to do a outreach to combat veterans. And I thought, well, gee, maybe I can be helpful there. So I called, it wasn't the VA, it was the disabled American veterans, but regardless, we started and we came together, and thank God the VA stood up the Vet Center program. And the team leader at the Vet Center program challenged us. When we finally got together and we found each other, that was the problem for us. We came home individually, as, as Philip knows, and I know you guys do, and the colonel does for sure. But when you rotate in and out individually, it's very difficult to hook back in with other guys, with that us feeling, with that uh, uh, camaraderie. And then in 1981, in that rap group, the uh, chaplain who ran the rap group, Father Mahidi, challenged us. And he said, what are you guys going to do? You know, quit kiping, so to speak. Quit uh, being angry and full of rage and everything else. Let's do something. And so we looked at each other and we started VVSD. It was a draftee from the Army, uh, sergeant from the Air Cav, two Silver Stars himself, a senior corpsman who had the, the infamy of having two DUIs in Vietnam, the chaplain himself, uh, and that was how we started VVSD. And we did it clearly for ourselves. In other words... We believe that uh, just like it was in, in Vietnam, you pick them up one at a time, pull them onto the lee side of the rice paddy, 
Nobody outside the wire, but you do it one at a time, hands-on, nuts and bolts. And that's what we did at VVSD. I met Philip first when he came aboard in uh, 1996 or the 90s sometime. And right away you could tell that he was going to be an important player in, in the ongoing direction and march of VVSD, which it is... I just wish all you and the listeners could come to the village and you'd see what it is. Phil can talk about the size and the numbers and so forth and so on, but it's clearly the gold standard for rehabilitation centers for combat veterans in America. And it's transitioned nicely under his leadership and his board of directors' leadership to bring it in and enveloping around and hugging and welcoming home the kids, the OIF, OEF, combat veterans and other veterans that come into the village. And uh, Philip can talk about that. But when I met him, I kind of had the feeling that this was a guy. He was, uh, you know, he had leadership experience. He was wounded himself overseas. He felt the mission. You could feel it. You could feel it. And sure enough, here he is, and he's led the organization to uh, ever greater heights. Wow. Thanks for that information, Jack. And, and again, we have a lot of uh, area to cover here. What we're going to do, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. And when we come back, we'll continue on, okay? Surely. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. And we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Phil and Jack, the Veterans Village of San Diego. Phil, why don't you tell us uh, uh, how long has the organization been around? Well, uh, let's see, 1981. Uh, Jack, uh, of course, uh, as he mentioned, 
you know, really was the founder. All the energy, the philosophy, the direction, you know, came from Jack and uh, and uh, a few close associates. Uh, I got involved in 1996 um, and been involved uh, either as a volunteer uh, on the board of directors or uh, blessed to be on staff uh, since 2007. But the agency's uh, purpose and mission uh, really hasn't changed. Uh, we've expanded our service model to meet the needs of each generation, and you know, now we are looking to provide assistance to post-9-11 generation. Uh, they bring their own um, uh, needs and requirements uh, that are somewhat different than ours, but the core issues of, of trauma, and substance abuse, homelessness, uh, remain the same. I, I suspect that returning soldiers from our Civil War uh, suffered the same issues that uh, we see today. Wow. What's your main resource that you offer the veterans? Is that like uh, well, a shelter? Well, shelter is just a, a part of it. Uh, you know, there are a lot of folks that can provide you shelter. Mm -hmm. uh, we step it up. Uh, we think that, you know, providing... Uh, just a, a place to sleep isn't enough. And again, there are many, many organizations that are more than happy to provide uh, just a place to rest your head. Uh, we're engaged in a greater effort uh, to help people change their behavior that got them into substance abuse or homelessness or in prison uh, in the first place. And that's uh, that's a difficult task, and it's a whole order of magnitude uh, more difficult uh, than it is to just uh, help someone uh, get off the street, which is important, and to um, uh, have shelter. Uh, not that one is not more important than the other, but we just have a slightly different take. Uh, we think that uh, if you are a veteran, that, uh, that we owe you uh, a right uh, to allow yourself to rehabilitate yourself. Uh, by that I mean that we provide the, uh, the synergy, we provide the resources, we provide the counseling um, and the direction, but you've got to do the heavy lifting. And we don't feel that it's enough um, unless you're afforded that opportunity. We don't owe you anything other than a right to succeed and the ability to change your behavior uh, to get on with your life. That's true. Bill? <coughs> Excuse me. Well, yeah, Gary, I think, I think it's important what Philip was saying there about just getting people off the street. I mean, they did that after World War II. No, with the domiciliaries and everything, work for a certain period of time, you shine it up a little bit, and everybody goes, oh, look what we did. But really what these kids need, the, the, the real what they, what they want, is they want to get back to that feeling of us, to that culture where the kid on your right and left is more valuable than yourself, the primacy of the group. And that's what happens in VVSD. Maybe Philip can take you through what happens when somebody checks in, but it's, it's not an overnight program. This is a commitment. It's an inside job. The, the veteran has to want to change because this is not easy. This is not something, this is not something that happens to you it's your deal, and uh, what uh, VVSD does is provide the venue and the safety and the and the others, and so you find each other. 
and together you build that uh, that feeling of the primacy of the group, and you get back to that, and you start to remember who you are, and and what you stand for, and stop, uh, you know, certain patterns of behavior that probably weren't in your best interest and cost your family, life, house, whatever. You know, you hear all the stories, but that's what happens. Right. So let me expand on that just a little bit. Sure. Um, to, to give you a reference point, uh, let me try and illuminate uh, what our, our veteran looks like when they walk in the door. Uh, think in terms of men and women who are falling through safety nets, and, and, and perhaps not for the first time. Uh, but this time, um, that veteran uh, is falling and falling and falling. They slice through the last safety net. The parachute doesn't open this time, and they hit the concrete going 200 miles an hour, and they sink into the abyss. That's where they find VVSD. Two-thirds of our population uh, have a diagnosable chronic mental illness by the time that we find them. Uh, a greater number uh, have already been incarcerated. Everybody's been homeless. And if you are a woman veteran, I can guarantee you that riding on top of all that trauma is a trauma of sexual abuse and sexual trauma. This is a very challenged group of men and women. And what Jack said is absolutely correct. The magic ingredient. I used to tell folks, because they'd ask me, they'd say, well, how come your program is so successful? And I used to say, well, it's our, it's our, our mission-driven staff. It's our wonderful case managers. It's focus. It's... No, it's not. That's important, but what it really is is time. Jack spoke to that. It's time. We have cobbled together funding that would allow a veteran to stay with us for up to two years. The average veteran stays nine to ten months. Then they get on with their life because that's really the objective. That's the goal. EVSD is a place where you can heal up, where you can deal with all those demons that got you here in the first place in a safe and loving and therapeutic environment. And then you, we want you to get on with your life. But we're always going to be a part of your life. That's a critical mission. Uh, you don't find that mission and energy in too many other places that I've been able to find anywhere in this country. There is a national uh, policy uh, to warehouse as many homeless veterans as possible. It's called Housing First. It works very well for many people, very well for many people. But by and large, for the group of, of extraordinarily challenged veterans that we deal with, they need more than that, unless you're willing to just give up on them, which we are not. Everyone is worthy of an opportunity. Everyone deserves a chance to change their behavior. And at BVSD, that's really what we do. Wow. You know, I see that, you know, you just, like you mentioned, uh, you just don't provide, like you said, uh, a, a job, rather not a job, but a place to, to live. You provide job training, uh, you know, search, searching for jobs, housing, food, clothing, legal services, uh, and you just don't give them one resource and let them hang. Yeah, it's, well, no, a, it's a holistic approach for sure. You know, I, I know... 
and I'm sure you gentlemen know as well that the, the backpack I went to Vietnam with stayed there. You know, the way I was raised and, you know, the whole thing, it, it just was maladaptive after the war. Somehow or another, my point of reference had shifted it from outward reference to inward reference. It's all, we can go into that at any length you want. But the point that happens at VBSD is that these kids get a chance to catch their breath. You know, and I'm talking about, I'm talking about staff sergeants from the Marine Corps with 12 years of service. We're not talking about some little, uh, you know, whatever. And these are good Americans. And so what happens is they get a chance to catch their breath. And what I talk to them about in our little groups is I said, look, take this time now, man. This is a luxury. It's a wonderful opportunity to repack your rock, man. Take a look at what's in there and what you don't need. All that old armor and all that old stuff that you're dragging along with you, you know, give that some thought, man. And put in there the things that lift you up, the things that you want to have with you as you go forward from here and repack that rock and let's get going. It's, it's a pretty simple deal, man. And I'm telling you that the, the lessons that people learn in military service, the 100% accountability, the 100% responsibility, all of those things that make the American uh, man and woman, the fighting men and women of this country extraordinary, those are there. You know, they may be covered in dust, they may need to be polished off a little bit or whatever, but that's what's going to pull them through the deal. They just get, and, and what Philip talked about there, about the time and the care, I think the most operative word, you know, I do a lot of work with the people down at the hospital and the Marine Corps and so forth, and the only word that matters is care, C-A-R-E. If you really care, whether you're a case manager or the cook or whatever, if you really care, the, the individuals can sense that. You and I can sense that. It isn't like they're any different from me or you. We're all in this together. It's just they get an opportunity if they get into VBSD to take a break and to repack their ruck and get on with life. That's yeah, true. I'd like to expand on that a little bit because care is, is the, one of the critical components. But uh, I like the L word, uh, love. Uh, we don't hear that too much in uh, therapeutic cycles or circles, but if you don't really love your fellow man and woman, if you don't really love what you're doing, if you don't really believe in the inner goodness of the veterans that you are dealing with, well, then, you know, you better go work at McDonald's. But uh, that's, the, that's the ingredient. And, and, you have and, and those care. kids, Philip touched on that word, which is my favorite word of all, is that in war, you know, where that primacy of the group, where you care more for the kid on your right and left, you get a fragrance. There's a, you get a whiff of the fragrance of unconditional love. And you go the rest of your life looking for that. And, and we can find it. It's all around us all the time. We just have to be open to it and, and be willing to, you know, trust and reach out. And that's, that's the magic that goes on at VBSD. One of the wow. things that, that we see every day, we, you know, we call it the little miracle. And uh, we see these little miracles every day. It's when, you know, the light goes on. You know, I, I mentioned to you, you know, what uh, the challenges that these men and women bring into the program. But at some point, uh, most of them, not all, but most of them, 
you know, the light goes on and they realize and they say, hey, wait a minute, you know, um, I'm better than this. I used to be better than this. I'm going to be better than this. And they turn themselves around. We can't do the heavy lifting for them. Only you can do that for yourself. But that's what happens. And that's what keeps us motivated. That's what keeps us doing this every day. All right. You provide a resource that um, uh, everyone needs as direction. And uh, without the direction, believe me, those veterans feel lost. So anyway, what we're going to do, we're going to go ahead and take a break, uh, and uh, we'll talk more when we come back. The VSP channel has a call to action. It's called Donate $22 or Any Amount You Can Today campaign. With help from those special people who care, the future television broadcast and production studio can become a reality. Go to the VSPchannel.com to learn more about the television and broadcast studio and donate today. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes Network. Network.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Bill and Jack, with the Veterans Village of San Diego. And Bill? Uh, yes, Gary. You know, uh, uh, Jack and Phil, you guys are to be commended for being, uh, you know, the originators of uh, dealing with homeless veterans and stand-downs. You know, uh, and I'm on your website right now, and I've, and I've followed you every step in some of the things that you've mentioned. But I, I just want uh, to, to uh, call off a name that you probably have heard of, and uh, I'm back in the Washington, D.C. area. And I started working with a group here almost 20 years now, maybe just a little beyond that. It's called the Maryland Center for Veterans Education and Training, MACVET, who, uh, and it was started there by Colonel Charles Williams. And one of the things that you guys were talking about in terms of how uh, uh, much importance it is for the veteran themselves when they're trying to make this turnaround 
and the training and the exposure that, uh, that, that, that they receive. Colonel Williams used to always uh, tell me and others, he says, you know, he says, I'm preparing all of you, men and women, to be the best when you leave uh, MacVet. So when I walk into a Hardee's or a, a, a uh, McDonald's, and if I see you in there, I only want to see you there in two capacities. Number one, you're ordering some hamburgers like I am, or you're managing the, 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 the store. So that gives you an idea of what he felt about how these individuals should play out into the organization. And, and, and he, 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 he accomplished this because many of these people came in that they were right at the very, very end with no place to go. They ended up being educated, uh, getting degrees, homeowners, family persons, uh, attorneys, you name it. So, you know, I, I, two things that I'm concerned about, and, 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 and I'd like to hear from you guys. I notice in the, in, in, at the website there's a statement there that stand down is a hand up and not a hand down. And that's important to me because this coming Saturday, here in the Washington, D.C. area at the Medical Center, the annual Winter Haven, which is a stand-down for the District of Columbia in the, in the area. So and it's very important that folks understand the difference between a hand-up and not a hand-down and what happens at these uh, 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 stand-downs. The other thing that I'd like for you to include in that and in talking about the community's involvement, how accurate are today's numbers on homeless veterans? I, I, I'm really concerned about that, and especially when you factor in the, uh, the point-in-time surveys and how that is used to determine how many homeless veterans there are in the community. That was a whole lot... Uh, yeah, I'll come back and re-explain anything else if you need me to. Have at it, gentlemen. Well, I just for a quickie, Phil, and then you take over. But the the idea of a hand up instead of a hand out—that you know—that's uh, because we were where these veterans are today. No, there there is no do good or high here. There is no. Uh, it, it's not. We're in it together. And nobody gets left outside the wire. So that's a feeling that happened when we started this back in 81. And we've been blessed in San Diego with the community. There's lots of active duty military here, the political people we've worked very well with. One of the guiding principles of VVSD that I know Phil still uh, continues in his leadership is, isn't it amazing how much gets done when you don't care who gets the credit? You know, and alone I can't, together we can. Those are, the, those are the feelings. And so when we went to the community, when we went to the other VSOs, we didn't compete with them. I don't care about the, or we didn't care about the political or the, we cared about the fundamental things, housing, jobs, and staying clean and sober. And that's, that's why we've succeeded. And so we played well with the rest of the community, and a lot of what's going on in San Diego after VVSD, Father Joe's and so forth and so on, went to school on us, which is great. 
And when you talk about stand-down, which I'll let Philip explain in great detail, but, you know, they, uh, Phil and his staff, and it was started by Robert Venturin and John Natchison, and, uh, you know, there's 200-some-odd stand-downs. I think, Philip, you give them the right number across the country because we share a guidebook on how to set up a stand-down. It's not yay us, in a way, not yay VVSD, it's yay us, you and me, and let's do this together. There's way more need than there are people that are willing to pitch in there. Well, thanks, Jack. Um, Stand Down, uh, uh, the first Stand Down um, was um, 1987. It was more like a picnic, the... uh, 1988 was the first formal stand-down as we know it today. Uh, John Natchison, uh, Dr. John Natchison, and Robert Van Curen, who then was the uh, president and CEO of EVSD, came up with this idea uh, of a uh, stand-down for homeless veterans. Uh, When you're on active duty, uh, when you're in a combat zone and your unit is pulled off the line, uh, for a few days of, uh, of rest and uh, rehabilitation, uh, that's called a stand-down. And they thought, hmm, maybe a homeless veterans in our community uh, could uh, stand down. And then while we have their attention, uh, maybe we can help them change their lives. And that was the initial uh, energy that uh, founded this. What surprised everyone was how many people actually showed up. Well, stand-down has evolved uh, into a three-day event uh, that starts at 6 o'clock, uh, usually on a July morning, and goes until uh, late afternoon after the graduation on Sunday. Uh, Stand Down in San Diego uh, hosts over 900 homeless men and women and dependents, uh, most of whom are veterans. Uh, the number has remained fairly consistent uh, over the last three or four years, which is an astonishing number, especially given the resources locally and nationally uh, which are being uh, made available to end veteran homelessness. Uh, Jack talked about community, and this is the critical component. Uh, We can't do this. The community makes stand-down what it is. We just help facilitate facilitate the event. We have over 4,000 volunteers. Think about that. 4,000 volunteers within the community over this three-day period you know, come to the uh, uh, upper athletic field of Balboa High School and um, put this event on. Uh, you can't do it without the VA. The VA puts on a, a medical, there's a medical uh, team there. Uh, you can't do it without the active duty, especially the Marines and the Navy, which are um, in our community. You can't do this without um, the men and women veterans who are seeking assistance because they're the ones that we serve. So come in to, come in to stand down. There is a pre-registration where you can register on Friday morning when you come in. Everyone is assigned a tent. Remember, you're going to sleep over. You're going to spend some time with us. Uh, once you are, one of the first things we want to do is take care of your basic needs food, showers, clothing. Uh, then on top of that, you know, all the service providers are there to provide you with the 
services that, that you may require or be reaching out for. You've got NA meetings and AA meetings, and you have uh, on-site counseling. We have a chaplain's tent. Uh, we have uh, services of every uh, form that you may think of so that when someone comes to stand out, they are coming because they are homeless. They're coming because they are desperate. They're coming because they know their lives just haven't worked out too well. And our purpose of standout is to help redirect uh, that energy so that you can get on with your life. Many join us at BVSD. Uh, many go on to housing opportunities uh, that we help facilitate earlier in the year so that when you're looking for a place to stay, there can be a room for you somewhere. Unfortunately, there isn't enough housing in San Diego you know, for all the homeless veterans, but we're working on it. So standout is is a critical component. Again, you can't do it without the community. You can't do it without the VA. The VA is our best partner in all of this. Um, you may right, I, and I think that from my point of view, the VA gets scapegoated a lot. You know, this is you okay. and me that sent these kids overseas, just like it was our community that sent us overseas. And it's up to us. It's not, you can't lay the whole thing off on a governmental organization or whatever and then sit and point fingers. We're in this together. And the magic of stand down, what goes on there, is I believe, it's my belief after watching this for all these years and participating in it every year, is that the people who get the equal amount of benefit, if not more, are the volunteers. How are they going to end up talking to a homeless person? unless they're really an exceptional citizen. But generally, the regular citizen that comes there and volunteers at stand down gets to understand that this is a human being, that this is not anybody separate or different or a label or a distance. It's somebody with a heart that beats just like theirs. And it's magical what goes on there. It's magical when you open up to that. And that's, you know, to me, that's what stand down is. And, and for the, you know, it, it may sound like we only take the worst, the halt, lame and lazy and so forth and so on. I mean, there's a whole denial about combat stress and non-visible wounds. And so some of the guys listening to this will, will, you know, hell, I'm not that bad or this or that and so forth and so on. It's all a question of degree. You put the shovel down, that's when you start climbing out of the hole. That's, and that's, uh, whether it be at a stand-down or in a treatment facility or at the vet center or whatever, you know, uh, you deserve this. You deserve to be integrated back into this, into this country, and uh, that's super important to me. Well, Jack, you're absolutely correct about that. And, uh, you know, I think you will appreciate this, and our listeners will also. This coming Saturday is a historical point for us because uh, you guys, along with Gary, uh, are contemporaries of mine, uh, being a dinosaur. This coming Saturday is the Chinese New Year uh, coming up, the Lunar New Year. And uh, I think you guys, at least one of you, were in Vietnam the same time I was in 1967 through 68. And you know what happened at the Chinese New Year in, uh, in, in 1968, the Tet Offensive game, 
came about, which I, I think that was such an experience that caused a lot of our individuals from who served in Vietnam to where what we're talking about. But here's another point of interest, I mean, in terms of how the stand-down runs, and I think you guys can appreciate it. Uh, you guys out in California, you, you enjoy much better weather than we do back here in the East. And, uh, you know, I'm originally from Florida, and I understand this. But we hold that one stand-down a year, as I said, this coming Saturday. I, I asked the hospital director, and, and I echo what you said, that the uh, the VA uh, deserves more credit. And I, the guy's name at the time when we started, his name was Sandy Garfunkel. And I said, Sandy, why is it do we chose the worst time in the year to hold uh, a stand down as far as the weather is concerned? Why can't we do this in, in, in some better climate? He says, Bill, he says, if you want to have a successful stand down in this area, the best time is when the weather is at its worst. And sure enough, we started about 530 in the morning until about 6 in the evening, and these folks come from everywhere. And the deal there is that they, the homeless veterans, know how to survive in bad weather. I mean, in good weather. I mean, they can stay out, you know, uh, under the trees and what have you, but uh, uh, they also show up in droves uh, uh, during the cold weather. So uh, I agree with you. I think the VA, with all that they have to offer and everything that you've identified that takes place in the, in the stand-down, this is what we'll see this Saturday in Winter Haven. Mm-hmm. Good. That's yeah, well, good. That's, that, yeah, I mean, that's terrific, and that's what stand-downs uh, are supposed to do. Uh, and that's an interesting point about the weather. Uh, here, you know, when it gets to about 58 degrees, everybody uh, starts running for the hills and the heater. <laughs> I can imagine what it must be like when the temperature gets down to 30 and there's snow on the ground. And lower. <laughs> <laughs> I don't That's want right. to go there. Pardon me? I said, no, I, I'm not interested in going lower than 30 degrees. 58 is <laughs> <laughs> Well, we heard that San Diego is getting some cold weather. <laughs> hey, Gary, I, you know, uh, just quickly, I'd like... Uh, 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 both uh, Phil and, and Jack, I mean, I know we don't have enough time to explain, but give us, if it's only one, maybe two success stories that stands out in your mind in terms of how this veteran came in, be it male or female, and, 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 and I agree, we don't give the attention that we should to the women. You know, one of the things at the Washington, D.C. Medical Center is that they've got a tremendous comprehensive women's <laughs> health center there to deal with all of those areas that we know that women suffer uh, 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 from. But uh, tell us about that. Jack, you want to take it? Well, they, you know, uh, it's there's... The, if you were here and we went down and interviewed the staff of VBSD and asked how many of the staff here have been residents in the program, how many have gone through this, I think you'd be surprised how many people would raise their hand. And what, what happens is it engenders, it calls forward a sort of sense of recollection. It's a recollection 
that the only life worth living is a life of service. You've got to remember these guys and gals step forward, in our case, when 16 million of our peers step sideways or backwards, you know. So we're used to stepping forward to answering the call, and so are these young people today. The, 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 the guy that sticks out in my mind, Philip, that would be interesting to talk to is uh, Jim Hickman. He became the facilities manager and put together, I guess there's like $43 million worth of buildings down at VVSD now. He helped manage that growth as it exploded into that. And Jimmy came into the program as a homeless veteran and went through those programs and, and came out the other end, so to speak, and said, this is my life's work. That's an, that, I mean, that kid was an amazing person. He's no longer with us, God bless him. But you can fill in on that, Phil. I'd, I'd be happy to. Yeah, Jim. Uh, Jim passed several years ago, so you know we can um, uh, certainly uh, honor him by uh, by naming him. Otherwise, uh, you know we we don't want to embarrass anybody on the radio. But um, when Jim first joined us, uh, this was a few years before I got involved. But Jim was one of these veterans who you know just never really came in from the cold and. As Jack said, I mean, he never put his backpack down. Um, he rode a motorcycle and had a 45 tucked, uh, you know, in his belt uh, in his back underneath his shirt, and and that was Jim Hickman. Uh, Jim uh, came into the program in the early 90s, uh, just absolutely wild and out of control. Uh, and <laughs> while he was here, I mean, something just changed in him. I talked about the little miracles and. Uh, he devoted the rest of his life uh, to uh, to VVSD and to working with veterans. He became our facilities director, was deeply involved in uh, the development of our campus, uh, which is a five-acre site dedicated to uh, helping veterans uh, uh, become uh, clean and sober and get on with their lives. Uh, he every every place I, I looked, every building, every corner. Uh, VVSD's campus has his footprint or memory in it, at least for me. But Jim epitomizes the veteran who uh, changes his life. I mentioned the heavy lifting, uh, and I mentioned that you know we can't do that for you. It's not our job. And he did his own heavy lifting, and the results uh, were a remarkable human being. But that remarkable human being was always there. There was something in his in his combat experiences, in his military service, that layered over uh, who Jim Hickman uh, was. But uh, it's always there. That light is always burning. It's always deep in the soul. And he found that, and uh, he became you know the Jim Hickman that he always was. This is just an example. It's one of probably thousands of examples now of men and women. You know that, given the opportunity, grabbed it, you know, by the by the rifle butt and turned their lives around. Uh, and, and that's what VVSD does. That's the mission. That's what we're all about. Early on, Jack said, you know, it's not about any one of us individually. Right. It's not about taking credit. I mean, it's not about you know your ego first. Uh, it's about service. And if you don't believe that, you know, um, I'll help you work somewhere else. That's, that's, 
for certain in the little combat stress groups, I said, hey, listen, you got to serve again. I don't care how you do it, but you got to pick it up. And, and just, you know, we were talking about that one individual, but the, if you went, I went to the graduation from the recent Veterans Court. It was held aboard the USS Midway. And not only did some of our, our residents graduate from that Veterans Court, but they were there as mentors. So there's a, there's a sense, I mean, there's an understanding that we're in this together. So now I've gone through the process. I'm on the other side, so to speak. I don't turn my back. I reach back one at a time. Nobody outside the wire. You bring them in. That's where they belong. That's what they have earned. And that's what this country needs. I, I'm a firm believer that what uh, one of the major... Uh, things that this country really, really needs is that sense of 100% responsible, not shifting, not shading, not, you know, being clever, but you stand up and you be accountable and you be responsible. Well, you learn that in the military. Both of you gentlemen learned, learned, certainly Philip and I learned that too. And those lessons are lifetime lessons that the rest of our citizens, we're down now to like a half of 1% in uniform. You know, and the, you just watch what goes on in this country. They hunger for somebody that will say, hey, put it on me. I'm ready. And I'm telling you, the, the veterans are ready to accept that mantle. And what happens, at least in the little analogy in my mind, is that the film gets stuck. Something went on, and the frame gets stuck, and the lens is starting, you know, that bulb is starting. You almost see the film's starting to smolder. You've got to slap that projector. And that's what VVSD does. It gives them a chance to ooh, hook it back in and get that film moving. And you go forward and you shed what you don't need anymore that don't re really represent who you really are at your core of being. And you step forward into the sunshine. That's what happens. And there are hundreds of examples. So I, I appreciate that question, though. All right. Well, gentlemen, we only have a couple minutes left, and, and Jack and Phil, it was a pleasure having you on our show today. Uh, we'll have to have you come back because there's still a lot that we haven't covered on, on your program. And, again, uh, you are national, correct? And, uh, you know, again, if you're helping those vets, that's, that's all uh, of our concerns here. So, again... It was an honor having you both on our show today, and, and uh, uh, we will have to have you back in the very, very near future, if that's okay with you. At least I'm happy. Yeah, ha right. happy to. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. And remember, we spotlight and promote the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, on an, any mobile device. I'm Gary Ray, along with my co-host, Bill, and our guests, Jack and Phil. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next week. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America.